Hello, everyone, and welcome into episode 57 of the Stomp the Bus Show. I am your host, Mark Harris, coming at you solo today. Uh, please like and subscribe on YouTube, rate and review on your podcast app of choice, and let's get started. All right, said last week that the loss to USC was a moral victory of sorts. Can't say the same about this Cal loss. Can't say the same, although from a process perspective, there were some encouraging signs. Get into those in a bit. But this was a winnable game for ASU. There's no other way to spin it. Uh, you could fairly say that they blew the game. Um, it didn't really feel like they blew the game per se, but if you wanted to argue that, you could make the argument. I mean, this was a winnable game. That, that that's, the, that's the key thing, and I think ASU was the better team. I know, you know, it's not how it played on the field. Cal obviously won, but ASU was only down 10-7 at half, and if one of those penalties near the goal line doesn't happen, and they happen, to the, you know, so this isn't trying to excuse it. It just, if one of those doesn't happen, ASU most likely win this game. So, and then there's also the, pass interference call, uh, which was the right call, which was the right call uh, towards the end of the game when Jackson just hucked it up for Cal. And that that was brutal, just in terms of a taking time off the clock perspective. Um, yeah, it's weird because this game, they played well in a lot of aspects. You know, they did. And like we predicted, Cal's not that good. The, you know, everyone was surprised by the point spread being 12. Colton and I both picked ASU to lose, although, I mean, ASU came closer to winning than both of us thought they would. So from that sense, it's encouraging. But it's frustrating. It's frustrating. There's no other way to put it because ASU ate, out, uh, outgained Cal by 100 yards. 104 yards to be specific, 430 yards to 326 yards. So anytime you outgain a team by 100 yards, you should win the game. You should win the game, even in spite of Borgay's turnover. Um, I'm forgetting the fumble. We had two turnovers. But uh, obviously there was the interception late in the game that wasn't didn't end up uh, killing the Sun Devils, but was not a – Good thing, obviously. It says ASU fumbled the ball. Oh, they fumbled at the end of the game, end of the first quarter. Okay, whatever. That That's a meaningless turnover. So you're essentially minus one in turnovers. And you move the ball in the second half. You know, Bourget finishes this game with over 300 yards passing. It's the lovely ESPN. Yeah, 344 yards passing. You know, you ASU moved the ball. This was their best game as an offense by far. And I think it I think it's an even better game than they had against USC because USC still sat, sacked them eight times last week. And the the Scatabo play, while it was a good play, there was some you can't just repeat him breaking two tackles on a run like that. Although, I mean, they did get a long reception from him in this game. He had a good game in this one, led the team with 98 receiving yards, um, couldn't do anything on the ground. And this is, I mean, they had 29 carries for 68 yards. That's just, 
you know, not everywhere on this roster is affected equally by injuries, but the offensive line, I mean, it's just, they did a decent job with the pass pro with Borgay, but the running game needs to turn around. I mean, it, it just, you can't keep going, having games where you rush for two yards a carry. It's not, I mean, as we know, it's not sustainable and it's hard to, it's going to be hard to just overcome that, you know? And so that's really where the offensive line injuries are just really, that's where you can really see it, you know? And it showed up in the red zone. Again, the reason why ASU had penalties on fourth down twice in the red zone, once where once was the 12 men, which Dillingham, I'm glad, like, that was a mistake by Dillingham. There's just no other way to say it. That was a mistake by Dillingham. I'm glad that he made it clear that like it was 100% his fault, even if it wasn't, you know, like it's probably some assistant coach's fault in reality, but taking it, taking a the blame there. Good. The false start on Faltanu, like, I, I don't know. I don't really see that that well, but it cannot, you know, it, you can't have penalties down there on fourth and short. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating. And the one thing, because like I mentioned, like they played well in a lot of aspects of this game. You have three receivers with at least 70 receiving yards. Scadabo, four for 98. Badger, three for 75. Stovall, four for 72. Like, and then Conyer, six for 30. Like that's, that's a competent passing game, like getting multiple guys involved. You're getting legitimate yardage. Um, you know, even six catches for Conyers, a lot of those went for first downs. Like it's, there's clear improvement. That's the thing. There's clear improvement with this team, with this offense, the defense, once again, a solid game saved for just a few long convert. I mean, the, it was early in the third quarter, the tight end for Cal just barely got the third and 20, but that was People were going up, you know, there was a fourth down they didn't get and other, you know, obviously the 12 men on the field, those are bad, but giving up the third and 20 man that led to a touchdown for Cal, like that really, really hurt, especially because they had a chance to bring him down for like a 15 yard gain instead of 20. So that, that play really like, that's the one that sticks with me because it's not, it's just, there's no penalties. It's not weird. It's just like just straight up football. You have to stop this guy from getting 20 yards. And they couldn't do it. So that play sticks with me. That's the one I keep coming back to. And, um, you know, there's a lot of plays like that in this game. And that's what happens when you lose a game where you outgain a team by 100 yards and you still lose by three. So last drive of the game, Borgay couldn't get the job done. Um, I did like, even though it was an incomplete pass on that final fourth down, I did like that they were at least throwing it to Badger. Okay. Give it that, that ball has to go to either Badger, Scatabo, or Conyers. It can't go to anyone else, you know, unless someone's wide open. But if you're like, if, if that were to uh, Guillory or Geo Sanders and that exact same slant and it didn't happen, it would just be annoying because it's like, if you're going to go down, go down with your best players, not making plays. So, and that's kind of what happened in this game, but uh, yeah, I mean, they Cal's quarterback, like 12 of 28 passing 130 yards. He's not good. He's not that good. And he didn't really kill you on the ground. Clearly he's athletic, but he's just not that good at playing quarterback. And so 
got him down two sacks, but there was clearly pressure around him. Uh, Caleb McCullough had a really good game. Came in after Travion Brown went down, and that is a bad injury for this team. Travion Brown is not like a outstanding linebacker, but he's very solid. He's very solid. You see 80 – whenever you're watching ASU, you always see 82 around the ball. He's making plays. Maybe he's a little step late sometimes, but, like, he's a good, solid player, and it's going to hurt ASU. Like, that is not – that really sucks. And uh, this is from Noah Furtado, who is part of uh, Sun Devil Source. He tweets, today, ASU has elevated linebackers Crew Jackson, walk-on Zach Bowers from the scout team after Dillingham said yesterday that Mike starter Travion Brown will miss the Colorado game. Also, without Will Schaefer due to the transfer portal, the position is down to five healthy scholarship players. So that's just – it's, you know, it's not great. Like, it's not great losing a guy like Brown – Really hurts. Thankfully, you have the bye week after this Colorado game. But yeah, it, look, it just a part of me is glad these previous losses have already happened. So it's just kind of just there's just a whole different vibe about rooting for this team. Not it, not things just aren't as life or death anymore. It's much more about the big picture, right? That once the once the Fresno State game happens, it's just like okay, like. Just take a deep breath. Like this year, this isn't going to be a year where it's like, oh, we're a sneak, you know, what a pesky seven and five team, you know. Now we're hoping to be a pesky three and nine team. That feels like the the ceiling. <laughs> the ceiling for this year is to be like a three and nine team that teams don't really want to play. Uh, and with that in mind, like this last loss. If ASU had lost this type of game, a game where they outgained the other team by 100 yards, a game where the other team's quarterback sucks, a game where you have two fourth down penalties that basically take off eight points off the board. And honestly, like, I'm not even going to get mad at them for one, but I'll get mad at them. Like, I'm upset at them for having both the penalties, you know, like I, I can, I can forgive one down there, but I can't forgive both. Like that's just, it's just tough. Um, and either way, that's either a four point difference or an eight point difference. So either way, it costs you the game. Um, but just going through all that, like, I'm so glad this loss did not come in a year where like ASU really has good players and like they could actually make it have a real season or even in a year that's like kind of a standard ASU year where like, it's like, Oh, let's try to go eight and four and, you know, beat the teams we can beat and, you know, try to pick off a team that's better than us. And Hey, we're seven and five, eight and four. Like I'm so glad this loss did not come in one of those years. Okay. Because that like that, that would have made it so much worse, but the fact that it's already like, okay, like this ASU team is bad. They're injured. There's no bowl game, no matter what happens. Being just being able to see clear improvement is I'm taking like, that's the thing that I'll remember from this game more than just like, Oh, we could have won the game. And instead we'd be what two and three right now, instead of one and four. I just don't think this like losing this game, this individual game, as, as much as it sucks and as winnable as it was, this might this might be the most winnable game left on the schedule for ASU. The thing that's like softens the blow is the fact that like, okay, they clearly just 
have been playing better the last two weeks. They look functional. Like the offense is looking functional. So that's This is two, two straight games or possibly – I'm figuring out my math here. Uh, they had five scoring drives the week before, right, because you had two touchdowns. Pine, a rushing touchdown, and then two field goals. This game, they had four scoring drives, and they probably—I think they probably didn't get downs on one of them. Definitely the last play of the game, they just gotten past, just gotten into Cal territory. Um, they had another play where they went, uh, couldn't convert. But I mean, my point is like they moved the ball. They were moving the ball up and down the field, particularly in the second half. And that is encouraging. Like, I, I get it. Like, it sucks that they lost. Like, that going into this game, it, if ASU would won that game, they'd be two and three right now. And you go into the Colorado game at two and three, you can potentially be three and three heading into the bye. Like, that would feel good. I'm, I'm not trying to say that this win, like, it, it doesn't matter that they lost or anything like that. I just, the fact that there is clear offensive improvement and the defense is competent. You know, it's the, the defense has been competent every game. They've sure they've had a few bad plays here and there, like giving up the third and 20 to Caleb Williams and uh branch against USC. Like, yeah, that sucks. I'm not trying to defend that play, but overall Southern Utah, they didn't actually give up 21 points. There was a blocked punt. Um, Oklahoma state. I mean, that was a close game until the very end when ASU's offense couldn't do anything. So that was a good defensive performance. Fresno State, that was a good defensive performance. You know, giving eight turnovers and you only lose 29 nothing. You know, I know that sounds like participation trophy-ish, but you watch that game, they they did a good job defensively. Against USC, pretty good job defensively. You know, they, they made Caleb beat him, and they forced a few punts for USC, and they kept it a game. You know, it was competitive throughout – basically uh seven eighths of the game you know midway through the fourth quarter it was a competitive one score game for that entire time unlike colorado where they got down huge and then clawed their way back to make it a seven point game um so like colorado technically lost by less points than asu did but if you're a usc fan watching that game you felt you felt much more comfortable for a longer period of time in the colorado game than you did watching asu play USC. Um, and that, that doesn't mean, you know, USC was on the road both times and Colorado has a better quarterback and they have better wide receivers, plural. I do think Badger is better now that Travis Hunter isn't playing and he won't play against the Sun Devils. Uh, I do think that Badger is better than anyone on Colorado right now. It's just me, just me. I, I think Badger's awesome, and he had a great play in this game as well to set up a field goal. So, but anyway, my, my point is like these Colorado and ASU, they're fairly similar teams. And, or no, that, that wasn't my, I'm sorry. My point was that ASU, the defense played well, played well against USC, played well against Cal for the most part, save for a few plays. And I mean, the last time Cal had the ball in this game, they, or I guess they need it, but stopping Cal on that goal line stand with a defense that had been very injured, like on that drive, they had 
James and Jonkum in there. They, I mean, Caleb McCullough was in there. Like you had a lot of guys who weren't usually playing in there and it showed like it showed that Cal was able to get all the way down to the one yard line, but they stopped him. And that again, it's another example of defenses just playing solid. They're like, okay. They're like really ASU wasn't getting beat because of its defense, you know? And it shows that there's the, the fight is still there. And that is so important. That is so important for the fight, for the effort to be there. Because if ASU just plays like they have been playing for the last two weeks, they will win another game this year. They will. I know Colton was concerned about it. I know people have con- been concerned about it. If they continue to play like this, they will win one more game. I know, you know, not banner, you know, that's not some huge accomplishment, but they will, they just look competent. That's the thing. They look competent this last game. And, like you know, like I said earlier, there's two ways of looking at it. They look competent and they lose because of some, you know, some dumb plays and Cal was able to run the ball decently well, but I don't, I don't think that was really the reason why Cal won. I think they just, they did a better job in the red zone. I'll give them that. They definitely did. Um, but after seeing what we saw in the Oklahoma state game in the second half against Southern Utah and against Fresno state, just having a team that's like clearly okay. It looks like, like ASU, if you just only watch their last two games, you'd be like, Oh, this team is like, okay, I'll take it. You know, that's, if that's where we're at with all the injuries that our athletic director, yeah, what what's the phrase I'm looking for? Uh, just not just announcing that four days before the start of the season just totally killed a lot of the energy. Probably mess with some players' motivation as well. So that's just not a good thing. Um, all the injuries, like I said, just a a very new, green, inexperienced roster to begin with. Prior to all the injuries. So there's a lot of things that have gone against ASU this year, but the fact that they're just, they look more competent. Uh, Not the best way for me to describe it, but you get my point. Like it's clear that things are kind of coming together. It's not perfect. They still don't have a wide margin for error, you know, and that was very clear against Cal. They can play kind of well. They can move up and down the field. They can get, what two touchdowns they scored in this last game, but they cannot, they cannot make the mistakes that they made and expect to just, uh, just expect to overcome them all the time, you know? And so it's weird because if this, this is kind of the team that I thought we were going to get, heading into the year, which is why Colton and I picked the team to go six and six. I think if ASU had played this well against Fresno or not Fresno, Fresno's good. If ASU had played this well against Oklahoma state in week two, they would have two wins right now. That's, that's the thing. And so, and we didn't expect the PAC 12 to be this good either, because that definitely affects the wins and losses uh, for ASU. So it's a conflicting game. It's a conflicting game because like I would like, I would feel much worse about this game. If ASU lost 
21 or like 21 10 and they just could not move the ball at all that's that would be so much more discouraging to me than them losing like they did uh on saturday they were arguably the better team you know people have said they blew this game well if you were able to blow a game then that means you were in the lead you were in control for chunks of it um or you were at least it felt like you were evenly matched and we haven't been able to say that about ASU really most of the season, you know, even against USC last week, sure. They made it closer than people thought, but there was never a like, Oh, ASU is actually going to win this game. No one really thought that you would have needed fluky turnovers to get there. Really? You know, the offense gave you 28 points. You know, it was much more encouraging than anyone thought they covered an enormous spread, but no, like they didn't have a chance to win. Against Oklahoma State, sure, like if Guillory catches that pass that Rashada throws, you know, post down the middle, there was no other safety help. There could have been a touchdown. If he catches that one pass and everything else goes the same, ASU might win that game, but it wouldn't have been like, oh, they were the definitely the better team that won. You know, I mean, if there's – I'm not going to go look in the stats for that game, but that was a bad second-half performance. Like it was just so clunky. Um, and then Fresno State – they're just, they're probably the best group of five team in the country. So they're just a really good team. It kind of sucks that we scheduled a team like that. I really hope in the future we just schedule these bottom end Mountain West teams because losing to a Mountain West team, unless they're already ranked heading into the year and everyone expects them to be good, it just scheduling these teams like San Diego State in the past, this would have been a great year to get San Diego State. Uh, but Fresno, like don't schedule Air Force, don't schedule Boise State, schedule. New Mexico and Utah State and San Jose State, you know, you throw Utah State in there. You get my point. Like, just don't – I don't need to see these upper-tier group of five teams. ASU just isn't – usually – almost is never in a place as a program where it can just be like, oh, we'll definitely beat, you know, a ranked Fresno State team or a ranked San Diego State team or something. Like, that's just a side tangent for me. Anyway, to wrap it all up. The thing that sticks with me is one, I'm so glad this game happened in a non-competitive year because it's what it's the difference between potentially going three and nine and two and 10, or even if they go one and 11 this year, it's the difference between going two and 10 and one and 11. Like sure. Like from a, I don't know, branding or PR perspective, you want to win every game as possible, but fundamentally there's no real difference between a two and 10 season and a one and 11 season. So uh, it's all just trying to look a little bit better than you could, which I understand you want to win as many games as possible, but I, this would be much worse, much worse for if it was the difference between going nine and three or 10 and two, you know, difference between winning the big 12 and not winning the big 12. Obviously we wouldn't be playing Cal, but you get the point. So from that perspective, like, that's why this game isn't like still gnawing on me. The Oklahoma state game nodded me for a bit. Cause I, we, we didn't know how this year was going to play out. So, and obviously Oklahoma state was a winnable game. They've been bad this year. And that's why losing to them was more painful. That's the only game Colton and I, other than Southern Utah actually picked ASU to win. But with Cal, it's like, okay, we know how this season is going to go. So losing this game to maybe a worse team. I mean, like Cal is not that good, clearly. We saw, like, 
they just aren't that good. ASU isn't that good, but Cal isn't that good. And ASU outgained Cal. So the fact that they were just able to look just functional, able to get 430 yards of offense on the road, that's the thing where it's like, okay, like if you're Dillingham, you can still keep selling all these players on your vision because it's like, hey, like we are getting better. We are, as the offense, it's looking more functional. Badger, yeah, maybe we aren't winning. You're, you're still getting 70, 80 yards receiving per game. You're part of the offense, all this. Like that stuff matters. Like, you know, would you rather be the, uh, well, would you rather be the Cardinals or the Giants right now in the NFL? Cardinals, they've been losing close games, you know, lost close to the Giants in Washington. They kind of, they made San Francisco sweat, I guess. I don't know. That wasn't really a close game. And then they beat Dallas. Um, or you could be the Giants where, yeah, you sneak by the Cardinals, but you get absolutely blown off the field in all your other games. And so I would like, this is a, you know, this sounds like a loser argument. It's a weaker, whatever, like losing close in year one of a head coach is a lot better than just getting blown off the field. Like we saw earlier. And that's when this, when the Fresno state game happened that like in the back of everyone's head, like, Oh my gosh, it could be one of these type of years. And it doesn't look like it's going to be that bad. That's the thing. It doesn't look like Stanford is clearly worse than ASU in the Pac-12. And it's unfortunate that the schedule just doesn't, ASU doesn't play Stanford this year. But they look to be clearly worse. They've been blown out more often. They were blown out by USC far more than Colorado or ASU were. <clears throat> blown out by Oregon. And so I think if you're ASU, you feel like you're kind of, you're. I feel like there's a, uh, Stanford's at the bottom of the Pac-12. I put Oregon and Washington top two, then USC number three. Wazoo number four, Oregon State five, Utah six. Those will probably switch around throughout the year. UCLA is a solid seven right now. And then you have like Arizona, Colorado, Cal, and ASU all in the eight through 11 range. I would put Arizona at the top of that right now. And then Colorado nine, Cal 10, ASU 11. But I think they're all like kind of in that below average mix and maybe Colorado and Arizona go to a bowl game this year. But I don't think I don't know how like how much they're so much better than ASU, you know. And I mean, heading into this Colorado game. Most sports markets have ASU as only a four point underdog. That's. That's doable if, if you're a four point underdog. At home, people are not going to be surprised if you win. People aren't going to be that surprised. Now, if it if it was just, you know, Stanford coming in and we were a four-point underdog and or whatever, just like brand X power five team coming in instead of Colorado, you know, that changes the equation in terms of how people react to it. Like if ASU does beat Colorado, that's going to be, oh, is Prime losing control all this? But ultimately it doesn't even matter in that sense. But ASU has a, ASU here. Here's the thing. I don't think ASU is going to beat Colorado, but this is another winnable game. This is a very winnable game. Colorado's defense is not good. It's just, it's not good. It's really has only been good in one game. And that game they played Nebraska, who as bad as ASU's offense has been this year, I guess the San Fresno State game was worse. These last two games, ASU's offense is much better than the Nebraska offense that Colorado faced in week two. That's how I'll say it. But they gave up, what, 42 to TCU, 
who TCU, they're looking like a very like average-ish power five team. So I, I saw some people say, oh, TCU, like, the, are you discounting that win now? Because TCU's three and one. Well, they just lost to West Virginia last week. So let's see what they're like at the end of the year. They'll probably be like a seven and five team, which is still a good road win. Um, Nebraska's, they're, they're not going to be that good. Colorado State, I mean, maybe they can go six and six in the Mountain West, but that that was the first game where I'm like, oh, okay, like this is a Colorado's a bowl team. I don't know, like, and not, but they're nothing more than just like a bowl team. It looks like so when we saw against Oregon and USC, like, there's there's they still have a lot of holes to fill, as does ASU. Um, but again, the fact that ASU is a four point underdog that tells me that Vegas has adjusted its perceptions of ASU. And rightly so. ASU has ASU on the field has made people think differently about them because they've been competent the last two weeks. And when you just stack competent games on top of each other, you're going to win one of them. That's my thing. You're going to win one of them, and you have a real opportunity to do it this weekend. You have a real opportunity to do it. I know Colorado, you know, Omar and Miller, really good game. Xavier Weaver, uh, Jimmy Horn Jr., those are good wide receivers. And they're going to make some plays on ASU for sure. But Cardo not having Travis Hunter for this game, that's going to be really helpful for ASU. <laughs> it's going to be really helpful because Bourget, Trenton Bourget, he's a good college quarterback. He played mostly pretty well against Cal. I could just totally see Travis Hunter running under a, you know, slightly, I don't want to call it underthrown, but not the fastest, hardest thrown ball in the world because Bourget just doesn't have that great of an arm. I could see him picking one of those off against us like so easily, but he won't play. So for a college football perspective, it sucks that he's not playing against ASU. Like Travis Hunter is one of the most exciting players in college football. Um, but for an ASU perspective, I mean, it's great. Like it, look, this is how I am with injuries in football. There's obviously the next man up mentality, but as we saw the Giants last night on Monday Night Football, even the Seahawks last night on Monday Night Football, like the starters are the starters for a reason. So sure, next man up is a thing, but there's no way the guy who's coming in behind Travis Hunter is going to be as good as Travis Hunter. Or otherwise, he would have been starting over. So I know I just pissed off any high school football coach who's listening to this or whatever, but like it's true. Like next man up only means so much. And Look, it's part of the reason why ASU has been bad this year. Like, I don't think they would, I don't think they would have a two and or a one and four record right now if not not both of our offensive offensive tackles are healthy. If one of them was still healthy, I think if either Isaiah Glass or Emmett Bowley is still healthy at this point, they probably they either beat Oklahoma State or they beat Cal. They beat one of those two teams and they're two and three. So this is the third game of a Oklahoma State Cal just a very like mid-level power five team that you're playing. And that's what Colorado is. You know, I know they're be like, they're better than ASU. I'm not denying that, but I like, I think we've, we've seen that they're just like, they're good, but they're not, they're not going to win the pac 12. Like it's, it's, it's not like, they're just a good team. And for Colorado, that's awesome. Like that's, it's it's not even a slight against them. It's just like the the defensive metrics are what they are. like the the amount of sacks they've given up. That it is what it is. Like you can't 
argue that or whatever. Like they have holes on this team at ASU. I don't know if ASU is uniquely built to take advantage of them because again, ASU has really struggled to run the ball this year and the pass rush has been pretty good, but not like elite. I think that it at least you're just playing a not that good defense and that, and you're going to need to score because Shadur is going to, he'll probably have one play in this game where it's like, man, Shadur is really good. Like he's going to, he's going to show up. So they have a good offensive coordinator. They have good uh, wide receivers. Dylan Edwards is a good running back. They have some good players, but that doesn't mean ASU can't take advantage of them or at least like, attack them on the lines of scrimmage. So this is a winnable game. I'm going to pick ASU to lose 30 to 27. That's my, that's my pick, but that that's covering the spread. So they've covered the spread for three straight weeks in a row. And if they do it again, then they'll probably win, but still a four point spread. So they could still lose by one, two or three or four points in uh, it would obviously cover, but not be a loss. So that's where I'm at. One thing I did see on the side was Dillingham and Dion complimenting each other before the game. There was no shots taken. I saw that Dillingham, uh, I saw that he, he said on Monday that he had recruited Shador out of high school. Very interesting to me. Very interesting. One, Shadur was not a like Shadur was a four star quarterback coming out of high school, but he was not a five star uh, Trevor Lawrence type, uh, Spencer Rattler type. Like he was a four star. And sometimes I think fans they just see highly ranked quarterback and they think, oh, he's a five star. It's like no, there's like three five star quarterbacks per class. So he wasn't a five star. He was a four star. Anyway. He was just your run-of-the-mill four-star, which is obviously a good player, but not Trevor Lawrence level. The fact that Dillingham was so in on him is like, oh, that's good. Like, this guy can identify quarterback talent early on. Um, I like that he has the relationship with him. Not specifically because it's, oh, it's Shadur. It's because, oh, like, again, Dillingham can build relationships with young quarterbacks. And the fact that Dion, I mean, there was no – Dion, like, really respected him. You can tell in the comments um, that he made this week – there was a real respect for Dillingham. And when you have Lincoln Riley, who obviously is a very successful coach, Dillingham, who's been successful so far, but like he clearly knows, obviously knows what he's doing in terms of college football, who to hire, you know, maybe he's not the best game manager right now or whatever, but we could say that about a bunch of coaches. Uh, so I like, it's interesting that uh, the mutual admiration and from Dillingham, it was just like, Oh yeah, he's going to get jot. Like their team's playing better, more energized. I'm so glad there's no sunglass shades remarks or Matt rule, like Matt rule was saying dumb stuff before their game. Dan Lanning did too, to an extent. That's a little, it's a little easier to do when you're Dan Lanning and you have a team that's just way better, but I do like that Dillingham. It's not, we don't need that added smoke we don't like just play the game and whoever wins wins like uh, but there's no oh we're gonna show them who's boss like no like just maybe some fans on social media will be like that but like just we know what we are we're not that good we're not like completely terrible but we're still not that good and let's just play the game see what happens 
This is a winnable game, but I still think ASU is going to lose. I think they're going to lose 30 to 27. Um, I think th this could be another solid game for the offense and I think it'd be another solidish game for the defense, but this might, this is probably the second best offense they're playing all season. Definitely better than Oklahoma State, better than Cal. Probably better than Fresno State. I don't know, though. That's a good – it's second or third best offense. I'm going to go second best offense. But Fresno State's offense is not bad. Um, I mean, and USC is better than Colorado's. But, yeah. So, and oh, one thing. ASU wins the Cal game if it gets better punting. It just does. And I'm not going to name any names about punters, but I saw a lot of reports today that there were a lot of walk-ons taking kicks at practice, and I'm glad that there are because, look, our starting punter just wasn't good enough. There were too many 30-yard punts, 35-yard punts, and the guy from Cal was booming it down to the 10, 15-yard line. Like, in a game like that, like, that matters. Field position matters in that type of game where the offense, especially early on, was just really struggling. And, you know, if – if um, ASU had better field position on some of those second half drives, the Badger big play, instead of being a 52 yard play that gets you from the 30 to the 20, it's a touchdown. Instead of Cam Scadabo's big play getting a, being a play that takes you into the red zone, just takes you into the end zone because you already have better field position. So it's, it's weird because like punting, it's a weird part of the game, but it made a big difference against Cal. It really did. And ASU, like we've seen pretty good punters over the last 10 years, you know, I mean, Michael Turk, uh, Shablitsky last year, Matt Hack, probably the best of all of those. I think he's still in the NFL. I don't know if he's still in the NFL, but he was in the NFL for a bit. You have, we've had good punters, you know, and we're getting a good punter next year in Canyon Floyd. I just, it just needs to be better. There's you, this is something you can actually find walk-ons to do. And so I'm glad that they're doing that. Let's hope that we get a few good bounces against Colorado. I don't know. Um, this is another thing. I'll say this. If, if, if you're going to have a bad punter, have it in a year that doesn't matter. I'll, I will say that. So it's kind of how I'm wrapping up. I would be much more upset about this loss if it came in a year that mattered and it was the difference between you going eight and four, nine and three. And I have that same feeling about the punter because that would be really frustrating. That would be really, really, fr I guess frustrated as you are now about the punting for ASU. Imagine it being on a team that's like actually kind of good, you know, that then it would just feels so much worse. So, you know, first year and you can't plug every hole in the transfer portal or you can't plug every hole well with the transfer portal at least. So that's where we're at. Um, I do think ASU is going to lose 30 to 27 to Colorado, but it will be another, at worst, it'll just be another game of showing competence and improvement. So I like what I'm seeing on that front. Would love, you know, this would be a great opportunity to win. It is a winnable game. I don't think we're going to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if we did. All right. Thank you for watching. Uh, go Diamondbacks.
pretty sure they're playing right now. I do not know what the score is, but go down in backs. And again, please rate and review on YouTube, like, and subscribe, oh, like, and subscribe on YouTube, rate and review on your podcast app of choice. And as always go Devils.